Welcome, my dear friend Ooh. and sister, Ooh. Christina Holiday. <laughs> Tina, take a seat. Thank you, thank T you. Take a seat. Thank yes, you. someone loves you. Maddie? Ah, uh -huh. yes. One person. Maddie, we all love you. They just don't know it yet. Guys, Christina is going to be sharing her story tonight. We are in the midst of our My Story series because we believe God has given us, us all a story, which is part of the bigger story, his story. And Christina's going to be sharing her journey tonight. I'm going to give her a little intro, and then Tina, you're rolling, man. Thank but you. Tina, back in like 2014, I don't know. 13? No, 13, 14, was a high school student of mine. Indeed. Long time ago. Like, you're a dinosaur now. But when you were like young and spry and had a lot of energy and yeah. youth, you were one of my students. Yeah. And you were in high school, and I was like your student leader, best ever, right? So great. Talking to the mic, please. Yes. So great. Yes, thank you. Like that way the we can, best that way we can youth hear you. pastor ever It's technology. Does. These things actually amplify your voice so many and people. And I actually yeah. mean that. He's the no, best I'm, youth I'm, pastor ever. Anyways. I, yeah, I'm just giving her a hard time. <laughs> no, Christina was a, a student of mine uh, in high school, had a great journey with the Lord, wrestling with some stuff. You'll share some of your journey. I don't want to steal your thunder. Um, but then... Like, we were just talking about this before the service. Like, you have stayed very dear to my wife and I's hearts. And over the years, we've just kept, like, pouring in. And then you've kept pouring into us. And now my kids know you. And it's just such an honor and a privilege. And so, Christina, I'm so excited for you to share your story with us. I'm so proud of you. And I can't wait to hear what you're going to teach us. Um, so, yeah, Christina, Thank we're you. excited for you. We love you. We can't wait to hear what you have to share <laughs> with us. Christina. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. That was a that was a terrible clap, Christina. Yes, I know. They're like, these are pretty cool. <laughs> um, okay, I should have prepared more, but it's my story. So, but I'll try and keep it short. I don't even know where I'm gonna start with it, but I guess that I'll start with when I grew up, where I was growing up, and then I'll get to like. This, the big stuff, but I'll show you where I grew up, and then yeah. Um, I grew up in Lexington, if y'all know where that is. Whoop, whoop, go Gators. And um, went to my, I had four siblings, I had four siblings, and we all went to like this Baptist church, like once a month, maybe. And when we were there, we all, honestly grew really weary of God and it wasn't a connection we went probably like once a month just to like say we did it and then we'd go get Mexican food afterwards to reward ourselves and that was about all I knew of God um, for a while and then my friend Maddie invited me to church and it was this awesome church called Mount Horeb there which is where everything changed um, so it really was incredible. And when I went there, I had had a problem for years before that. I just was, I think it started like seventh grade. I was really scared of like public speaking and speaking in front of people and, um, just like even in front of groups of like five people. One time I was read. I had to review a book lone survivor and there was five of us and I literally passed 
out when it was my turn and I had to get wheeled away in a wheelchair and I literally stayed at home for five days because I was so scared to go back to school. And so I just like had this huge fear of like talking in front of people, I don't know why. And it like got so bad that I couldn't like talk at the dinner table with my family because I was scared they were gonna ask me a question and there was six of them and I was like so nervous. And so then I show up at this church and they're like, it's like this weekend getaway called Chi Alpha. And they're like, you know that God can like take away things if you ask him? And I was like, well, I want him to take away my anxiety of speaking in front of people, so I'll, I'll ask for it. And I was laying on the floor crying and I was like, God, if you're real, take this away, please. Like, I'm begging you. And the next day, it was gone. Like, that, like, anxiety that I'd feel, I was like, I'm just going to push through it. And I was fine, which is crazy. And I didn't pass out again, which was awesome. And, um, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, maybe, like, this God thing matters. And, like, maybe he really is real. So I'm going to keep testing him. So then I did. And um, my parents really didn't believe in God after this, but I like kept going with this God thing, and my mom would like literally take away church from me when I was bad, and so, but I'd like keep going, and I was like, I love this. Like, it's like this incredible rush when you're like, God isn't just up there, and I'm down here, and I like worship him, and he's greater. Like, he loves me, and he like meets me there. That's crazy. So then, there was this mission trip to the Dominican Republic, and we went with our church, my going into senior year of high school. And when I was there, I met this little boy there named Randy who ended up changing everything. So here's a picture of the very first time that I met Randy. Um, he was eight in that picture, and when I met him, I heard God speak for the first time in my life, and I was like 15, I guess, 15, and I'd never heard the voice of God before. Like, I didn't grow up in the church knowing that that was a thing, so I was really scared at first, and I was like, I feel like God just told me to go up to this little boy because he can't walk, and sure enough, he couldn't walk, and then God's like, well, you can help him. Like, and I'm like, I cannot help a little boy. I'm 15 years old. I can't help him walk. Someone else will have to do it. So I like mention, I like mention this to some friends, but they're like so weirded out by it. So then I'm weirded out by it. And then we like leave it at that. And I tell God no. And then I go back to the States. And it's like in the back of my mind, like, hopefully he started walking. Hopefully. I really hope so, because I don't want to do it. Like, I do not want to have to go back and try and figure this out. Like, I don't know. So I was scared of God and scared of what he asked me to do. But I signed up for the trip the next year, guys, and we go and, like, for 30 minutes, pass out water bottles in a village, and he's there again under the same tree that I saw him at. And then here's a picture of us the second year that I found him a little bit more grown up. And I was like, oh my gosh. And guys, he wasn't walking still. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe God will ask someone else. 
But then I felt God tell me again to heal his legs. And then I was scared, but I go back to the States and everything that time had changed. And I knew that I was different. Everything like in the DR, there's so much poverty and you can't return. I don't know how you can return back to the States and not be completely changed. And like the things you talk about and the things you worry about and like the things you buy, it just bothers you. You're just like, there's no perp like there's no purpose and fulfillment in what I'm doing. Like I've seen things that I can't unsee and like this boy can't walk and he should be able to and I can fix that. God told me I can, so I'm gonna try. Like I know I can. And my life does not matter unless it's serving the Father at this point. Like I just I was beside myself. I was like, okay. Either God exists and it changes everything or God doesn't exist. And so nothing that I do has any purpose in why I'm doing it. So I'm going to test God and see if he's real. And so I go to college and I'm like, I want to test God and see if he is who he says he is and heal this little boy or go find this little boy. But I literally, I can't, I can't do it. But the summer before I go to college, I do this summer internship in the Dominican and work six hours away from where Randy lives. And the last day that I'm there, the host family that owns this orphanage is like, we think that God is calling us to move to this town like six hours away called Harabacoa. And I'm like, that is this town that I was called to two years ago for this little boy. And they're like, yeah, well, we're going to leave our orphanage and move there next month. So if you ever feel like doing it, you can come live with us. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, like God gave me a home there. It's like he's asking me to do it. But I was still so scared. And then I came to Clemson and my dad ends up meeting God through all of this. Like he's just like, God has to exist. This is just so crazy. And I was like, I know, it's just crazy. Like, God's so real. It's just insane. And so he starts talking about God at his work and about the DR. And these women end up all being like, John Holiday is talking about God. Like, we should listen to what he's saying. And he's like, we need to raise funds for my daughter. She needs to go back. We need to find this little boy and he needs to walk. And so they all start GoFundMes for me and just like send me the money in the, in the mail and I have no clue who any of them are. And I get it at Clemson and I'm like, oh no. Like God now has funded me and given me a home. Like this is not good. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm 18. Like I can't do this. And then I see this sticker on this girl's laptop and it says the word cure on it. And I feel this inclination to look it up because I feel like God's like look up that sticker and I look it up and sure enough it's a hospital in the Dominican Republic and it specializes in legs and feet of children so I email them and I'm like oh my gosh I'm Christina this is what just happened and then they like email me back in Spanish <laughs> I'm like translate and it's like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> and they're basically like, come. If you come here, come to see us. And I'm like, oh, well, 
I can't because that's not safe and I can only take this one bus station called Kitty Bay Tours Bus Station and it's the only safe one for gringas like me and so I can't go. And they're like, oh well, that works perfectly. We're actually next door to that bus station. And so I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Like I'm literally like, oh my gosh. So then my mom is like, well, you can't go. And my dad's like on board and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. You're going to find him. And my mom's like, you can't go because you need, you need to keep your scholarships at Clemson. And I'm like, I'm dropping out of Clemson. <laughs> and she's like, no, you're dropping out for one semester and then you'll come back. So you have to keep your scholarships at Clemson. So I go into the registrar's office and I'm like, okay, I have to heal a boy's legs in the Dominican Republic. Can you guys please help and just give me, you need 30 credit hours a year and I had 17, so I needed 13 more. And she was like, no. And all these people were behind me and I was like, but, but God said that I need to go. And she was like, no, we like literally can't just give you credit hours. And I was like, we'll just check my account. Like, this is the only roadblock, and like, I've gotten through so many that I'll be fine. And so she goes in my account, and she's like, Christina, I don't even believe in your God, but I think that your God is telling you to go. And I was like, what? And she was like, there is 13 credit hours just sitting in your account right now because they put in your AP bio credits wrong and we can't change them, so you can go. And so I, I don't even call my mom. I go ahead and drop out for the next semester and buy a plane ticket before she can say anything, and I'm like, I'll just, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go, and I'm gonna find him. Like, there's no way that I couldn't find him, right, guys? And so I then break the news to my mother about the scholarship, and she's literally like, I can't do anything, so you can go. So I get dropped off at the airport in January and fly in, take a bus, Katie Bay Tours, to my host parents in Harabakoa. And for three days, I'm just like, guys, we need to just pray over where he's at. Because it'd be like, it'd be like, try, it'd be like being in Greenville and trying to find someone in Greenville, but you don't have a car you don't have GPS, you don't have phones to communicate with other people, but you're trying to find someone in Greenville. So it's pretty hard, like it's not easy. And so I'm like, guys, like let's start praying for God to give me vision and for you guys to get vision about where Randy is. So for three days, we just like pray and pray and pray and pray these Dominicans me. And then after three days, um, the host dad is like, his name's Franklin, he's like, get in the car, we're just gonna go. We're just gonna go and see. And we drive up this mountain and he like pulls off. And I'm like, this all looks so familiar. Yes, yes, yes. We drive up this mountain and he pulls off and I'm like, my whole body's like shaking. And I'm like, guys, he's here. Randy is here. And he's, he hasn't moved, like he's here. And I know it, get out. So we all get out and we just like start walking behind me, everyone, all these Dominicans. <laughs> And we like turned the corner and I had seen his house because he showed me his house before um, when I was there that time. He was like, there's where I live. And we turn a corner and I'm like, 
there's his house. And we start running towards his house, all of us. And we knock on the door. And I have a translator with me because I didn't know he's Spanish at the time. But you learn quick when you're the only English-speaking person. And we knock on the door. And the brother's like, come on in. And sure enough, Randy's just like sitting there on the bed. And he's like, Christina? And I'm like, Randy? And I like, can't believe it. He like remembers my name. And so this is a picture of the first time that we met up there. Oh, the next one. Eventually, yeah, there we go. So that's whenever I saw him for the first time. And there's my translator over there. And then that's him and his sister and his mom sitting on the bed with me. And his mom tells the translator to tell me that the first time that we met two years ago, he had a dream that I was going to come back to the DR and help him walk. Isn't that crazy? So then we're all crying. I mean, like I'm literally bawling. And so is he and so is his mom. And then his sister, the little one right there comes out and she can't walk either. And God's like, those are my sheep. Go help them. Like, that's the sheep that you're entrusted to is these two people. And I'm like, I don't have enough money for two kids. Like, I just don't, I, I don't even have enough money for my food. Like, it's not a lot of money that I got. And he's like, nope, help them. So we go to that hospital and the hospital's like, we'd love to help. We'd love to, we can't believe the story. Like, it's crazy. So we'd love to perform a surgery on Randy. And the little sister didn't need one because she was too young. She hadn't tried to walk yet. So then it was crazy. We stayed for two nights in the Capitol while he got surgery. And the next picture is me and him on surgery day. <laughs> and he's a freaking goober. And he, I mean, we're just flipping out and it's so fun just playing so many cards and just telling the doctors his story and none of us can believe it, you know? And then we eventually get these special shoes for him and his sister. Oh, oh, and then, and then the hospital, we come back the next month and they're like, we just feel like God's asking us to just pay for the surgery. And they paid for his surgery for me and, and like no strings attached. They were like, you're fine. And so you're just like bask. I mean, I'm just like basking in God. Like, I'm like, I didn't know if God was real and I wanted to figure it out. And now I know to the core of everything because I tested him. And I was like, if God's real, he'll show up. And he did. Like, he did. Now I know. Like, you have to test God to know these things. And now this little boy had surgery. And then his sister and him both received these shoes, which is the next picture. That's us at the bus station, y'all, Katie Bay Tours. And those are their shoes, and they got to pick out their colors and everything. And they're like these special shoes to help them walk. Um, and yeah, and he'd never even left his village before this. So it was just crazy to see him. Oh, it was just crazy. And so he ends up walking which is insane, guys. Like, he's dancing now. He's playing baseball. He, I taught him how to shag dance. Um, and it was 
it was genuinely surreal. And like the whole time God would just be like, I just get this inkling like at midnight, Christina, make 200 cookies, sugar cookies right now. And I'd be like, oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to do it because he's real. (laughs) So I'm in the kitchen cooking 200 sugar cookies. (laughs) And the next day I would find this, I found this street that this little girl was on that I knew. And sure enough, there's 200 people exactly that all want cookies. And I'm like, of course, like, of course God shows up. And like, it's, it's just insane. Like, yeah. So it was the most full half a year of my life for sure. And now I know that God exists and I know that my life's purpose matters. You know, I know that our life has purpose to it now. Like each one of us, if we're 18, he's probably like, Oh my gosh, one kid. I want you to heal three kids. Are you kidding me? That's what you that's your job. You know? Um but we have to say yes. And it's so cool, guys. Like I said no twice, and God's like, I'll give you one more shot. Do you want this? I'll give it to someone else because I I can heal Randy however I want. Randy matters more in this story than you do, honestly. But if you want a part of it, you're in. And it could have been anyone. Like, I feel like the most blessed person to have received Randy's life and to receive seeing him walk. And it's crazy. Um, So I go home and my my mom ends up getting multiple sclerosis, which is kind of crazy. I actually found out while we were there. And one of the things is she loses her ability to walk. And so when she has her bad spouts, and so I was really frustrated with God. Like, why would you take away my mom's ability to walk while I'm here healing a boy in a village? Like, why not her, you know? But like, guys, his purpose and his plan for our lives just matters so much more, you know? And he wants Randy to walk, and for some reason he doesn't want my mom to. And for some reason he wants me to be with Randy during those six months rather than with my mom, which is crazy. Um, but, yes, so then I return, and I realize that my life can literally never be the same after what I've seen, you know. Um, conversations that I have with people just don't do it for me and like the things that they would talk about and the things that I used to talk about I didn't want to anymore because I'd seen people walk and I've seen people be healed and I've seen 200 people enjoy cookies with me and it just nothing mattered anymore except for do I love God fully and if I'm loving God fully what's he saying and am I listening you know um so all that to say, I wasn't, it wasn't like I wasn't scared. I was so scared. But at the end of the day, I wanted to know if God was real more than I wanted to let my fear run my whole life. Or else I would have probably ended up doing what I didn't want to do with my life. So now I have now gone to school to be a nurse. And the plan is to use it 
to go and start, I want to be a midwife eventually, to deliver babies overseas and like create this organization that helps women and children um, just have access to health care and access to um, people who can deliver babies well and know what's happening. So that's where I'm at today, and um, yeah, so it's been a journey for sure, but yeah, I think that that is about it. There's a lot of stuff, obviously, that I had to skip through, but that's, that's the gist. <laughs> <laughs> Christina, great job. Thank you. Man, I love it so much. I'm so proud of you. So we thought it would be actually cool to do something a little bit differently tonight, mm -hmm. where we thought, all right, what if when Christina's done with a, with a little bit of time we have left, what if we came up and kind of did like a Q&A, where right. I'm just going to ask questions based on what you shared, and okay. because we have history, some things that I know about you that they don't, mm -hmm. so we can unpack even more of your story. Cool. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Christina, but first I want to revisit the village with you mm -hmm. because I was tearing up over there listening Stop. to you talk. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, because I'm picturing 10th grade Christina. Like that's mm -hmm. when I met you as a sophomore. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I remember a lot of things with you, but um, like as a 10th grader, mm -hmm. my earliest memory with you is we were serving on a different mission trip together as a local as a backyard trip mm -hmm. for one week uh next step which we do here and we go and partner with that same community mm -hmm. happy town and you were in a we had finished our day it's like a construction type trip where we partner with local impoverished neighborhoods mm -hmm. and we go in and we lead vbs we do construction on kind of rundown houses for families who can't afford you know repair stuff we were sitting in the van i'm like in the back back and you're I think a row in front of me mm -hmm. and we're waiting on the other students to load up and put away their tools and stuff like that. And I'm overhearing this conversation you're having with another student leader at the time. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, as a sophomore in high school, do you remember this? Mm -mm. You don't? Mm -mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally I waiting. I love the whole like, time. You're like, uh-huh. Uh -huh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Favorite that. trip. Favorite, love favorite that. memory. That bus. Um, mm. I'm listening to this conversation. I didn't know you all that well. And you're having a conversation with this student leader about all your doubts about God. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. you're not sure about it at all. You, I mean, you're in this moment of like, why am I on this trip? Like, yeah. I mean, we're doing good, but what is all this about? Like, is God real? I don't know. You, you just hit this wall in your faith where you are asking a lot of questions mm -hmm. about the validity of God. Mm -hmm. Like, is this even a, a thing? Right. And so I'm just so struck by your journey because that was the summer when you were a sophomore and literally the next summer, a year later, we're in the Dominican together. Right. And we're in a city called Harabacoa, which is up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And within that mountain city, there are these like smaller villages and we drive to this one village called Ipolito. 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 Mm -hmm. And you know, it's a bunch of Americans and we walk in and the kids know, like, hey, we probably got toys or snacks or something. So the totally. kids are just swarming us, totally. man. It's like mosquitoes in July here. I mean, they're mm -hmm. just like, rah. And, you know, you're just, you're, like, yeah. you're just giving whatever, like, yeah. oh, hola, hola, como estas? Oh, cuantos años? I mean, you're just like, yeah. you know, doing whatever you can with them. And I remember we were leading games in this big field with the kids. 
and uh, <clears throat> all the kids were playing, and I remember seeing this one kid trying to run over, mm-hmm. just like dragging, dragging his legs behind. And Randy broke all of our hearts, Yeah, you know? <clears throat> and we didn't even know he had a sister, because she, I don't think she came out that day. Mm-hmm. But Randy's just like dragging his foot on the ground. Like, I mean, literally, he's like limping on one leg, dragging the other. And we're mm-hmm. just like, man. And, uh, you know, it's cultural in the Dominican to get bullied. And so, mm-hmm. like, that's just how boys do in, down there. And so they were, like, pushing him and shoving him, but kind yeah. of out of love. But it was still like, oh, dude, you're breaking my heart here. Yeah. And I'll never forget this. Were you 16 at the time? Mm-hmm, 15. 15. This 15-year-old blonde American girl just, like, adopting Randy in her heart, you mm-hmm. know. Where I've led a lot of mission trips with a lot of teenagers, mm-hmm. and oftentimes you kind of get like, hey, here's an opportunity to leverage like what a good person I am and how much I love God. Let me take a selfie yeah. with a phone that they'll never be able to afford to show everyone where I'm at with these impoverished kids. Mm-hmm. And like, you didn't exploit the situation, your heart broke for Randy. And that was just, I don't know, powerful to me. And uh, I was so proud of you. And then fast forward a couple years later, I've got this girl who's like out of high school. I remember this conversation on the phone. You're like, hey, something like dropping out of college. I have no money, but I'm going to go live overseas. And and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like where? I don't know. With what money? Don't know. Don't have it. Well, how are you going to get there? Don't know. Mm -hmm. What about like, don't know. I mean, I just remember like, (laughs) ah, man, wisdom is saying no. But you had some pretty clear direction mm-hmm. from the voice of God about, about all that. I remember how worried I was about you of like, man, here's this like 19-year-old girl, yeah. blonde, clearly an American who's about to be <laughs> taken yeah. advantage of, totally. like totally tricked and deceived. And yeah. man, I was so worried about you doing all that. But, mm-hmm. um, but your journey is amazing. It's mm-hmm. truly incredible. So I want to I wanna ask you, a few questions, mm-hmm. all right, based on your story. So we heard you a couple of times. You, you kind of pulled the old Moses card on God, where God is asking you to do something big. He mm-hmm. asked Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell him to release my people. And Moses is like, ah, I mean, me? Like, you got the wrong guy. Totally. I'm not that eloquent in my speech. I'm, I, I stutter. I, I'm not, I'm not you, it's not me. It can't be, like, it's not me. And so mm-hmm. you kind of pulled that, where you were running away from what God was asking you to do. You waited a whole year. You went back and saw Randy. You're like, ah, he's still here and he still can't walk. I know. Ah, like, so you were running away from what God was asking you to do or even like trying to shift the responsibility. Like, oh, maybe God will raise up another 15-year-old mm-hmm. American girl. Totally. <laughs> like, uh, the chances are great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God, six billion people. Come on. <laughs> Throw one down Gotta here. be another one. <laughs> Hipolito. Hipolito. <laughs> Todos los dios en arbaco. So... <laughs> You were trying to shift the responsibility a little bit, and then you finally decided, let me, let me submit. And so, mm-hmm. man, my, my question would be, how did you trust God for something as big as the process of healing Randy and, and eventually his sister? But how do you trust God when you're faced with something like that? Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty big thing. And so, like, for, I think for a lot of students in here, the, the bridge would be there are opportunities in our lives where we're faced with, mm-hmm. whether it's something as gigantic as this, or even as like <clears throat> a decision we know we need to make. Right. Like God has put it in front of us and we know it's there and we have to now navigate it. Right. How do you trust God 
when it just seems like, man, it's not me. It's the wrong person. I can't do this. I'm inadequate to do this. Maybe if I wait, the problem will go away. How do we obey God in those, in those moments? Like, how did you dig into that? I wish that I could show you my journal on the plane over because it was literally like, am I an idiot? Like, am I so dumb? Like, is this the stu- like I just dropped out of school for this. Is this the stupid? And like so many people were like, this is not smart. Like this is not right. This wasn't God. And so the doubt of like older, wiser people were telling me that I shouldn't go. What if, what if Randy's not there? And I just had to come to the end of myself and be like, if he's not there, it's okay. Like the point was that I went. Like the point was that I wanted more of God. So, but whenever Randy couldn't walk and I actually found him, at that point I was like, I've seen too much of God at this point that I found him and all these things happened that I've seen too much of God to not be naive enough to think that he's not going to heal him, you know? Yeah. But, but it's good to note that, my, that at the beginning on the airplane, I was literally like, I'm so <laughs> dumb. So even in the midst of your obedience to God, you still had doubts. And fears. Like, I, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, because one of the big things is that I didn't know Spanish. And God was like, I can teach you Spanish. Que lo que? Que lo que? Lo habla español. Ahora sí, pero no. No puedes volar un compacho mío. I don't know what he said. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh my God, I don't know any Spanish. What am I going to say when I get off of the plane? <laughs> oh, hola. No, literally, I was like this. Hola. Carrie Bay Tours. Katie Bay Tours. Me llamo. Me llamo. Cristina. Cristina. <laughs> uh, si. Yes. Uh, si. Necesito ir. <laughs> Necesito ir. Um, literally knew nothing. Let me just say that. And so I'm not kidding. I'm literally like, Katie Bay Tours. Um, so, so wait, I let, let me just clarify, because this is important, mm-hmm, and, I, mm-hmm. and I think it's important that we all hear this. Go, go, go. You were obedient to God mm-hmm. in the midst of, not in the absence of, your fears and right. hesitations and doubts and inadequacies. Right. You did not know the language. Right. You had no money. You lacked the clarity. Like, mm-hmm. man, I feels like God is leading this. But you're journaling, am I dumb? Like, you're obedient to God in the midst of all of that. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, it was like, am I scared that I don't know the language? Yes. Am I scared that there's really scary men there? Yes. Am I scared that I don't even know how to get to where I'm going when I get there? (laughs) Yeah. But at the end of the day, I wanted to know God and I wanted if God was real, I wanted to know it. Cause I wanted my mom to know, like I wanted my sisters to know and I wanted my dad to know, like I wanted everyone to know that to the core of my being the same way, it's like that for them, that mm-hmm. God really does exist. So I was like, so I'm scared of those things. 
but I want to know if God is real more than I want to let my fear of these small things control that. Like that was yeah. so minuscule compared to, but if I can get over those things, I'm gonna have the craziest testimony to, for myself to know mm. that who I'm serving is real and matters, you know? Like it, now I want to do it, yeah. cause I know. That's amazing. So your advice might be, like you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have all the ducks in a row to actually be obedient. Yeah. I think that's a good that's word. That's good. Man. That's good. You can be obedient in the midst of anxieties. Crazy. That's a good word. I'll say it. Crazy. All right. Another question I have for you. So moving from the sophomore who's doubting mm -hmm. to this dude champion for the kingdom, charging the gates of hell with a water pistol, you know what I mean? Like just, just this all in. Mm -hmm. person like how did that happen man mm -hmm. because you began your story tonight in a very interesting way basically by saying hey like I went to church with my sisters and it was like it was I mean it was like eh, like I don't even eh. and we went out <laughs> afterwards for food mm -hmm. so <clears throat> how did you move from like we went to church as a cultural Christian because mm -hmm. that's what you're supposed to do as a teenager in the south Go to church yeah. because that's what you do, and somehow that means you know Jesus. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. So how did you go from that to then a doubting sophomore? Like, man, I'm not even sure this is real. Like, you're on a service trip having that conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if this is real. Two within two years, you're like, I'm going to pack up and move. I'm going. Yeah. I got to do this. How did you get there? How did you go all in? No more, like, not the games, not the cultural stuff. I don't just go to church because that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, but I'm too cool to actually give it all to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you get all in? Mm -hmm. I think that I saw on the trip in the DR, I saw people kind of half do the trip and not let it impact them or they would still they would complain about really small things and I would I was like I didn't even know who got I it was like something in my soul was like wait it does not matter that there is one teeny little bug on the ground like they probably have fumigated this place 40 times to keep bugs off of the ground you don't even know how yeah, much they've done for sure but but sometimes the bugs can be scary right scary yeah right yeah they're scary. Rachel Baylor, right? They're scary. I'll say it. There's an inside joke with that. They got scared with a bug and Papa Matt got a little upset right. with them. But sometimes the bugs can be scary. They sometimes could. the bugs can be scary. Sometimes they matter. Yeah. I didn't tell her to say that, Rachel. Oh my gosh, Rachel. Um, no, but I hear what you're saying. Is. I hear what you're saying. Um, like going down and being like, oh, it's hot here. Yes. Like, and oh my gosh, I was like, dude, I was they, like, they oh never gosh. have AC. Totally. <laughs> like, come totally. on, man. Yeah. Or yes. like the sigh of relief when everyone got back to the States. I was like, wait, why did my heart feel so alive there? Mm -hmm. What What's so different? Like, why can everyone else go back to eating their 14? Like, it was just like, how can you have a full fridge and not be like, wait, God, I'm so thankful for what you've given me then. Yeah. Or not be like, wait, I don't need this 14th sweater. I have 13, you know? Yeah. And I was like, wait. I need two. I don't even need 13. So at that point, I was just like, something's different in me than a lot of the people 
around me and not even like my sisters where I was, I was turning so different than them. Mm. And I was like, why, why? I didn't even know what was happening. I was like, why is this happening? And, but like things just started to matter less as God mattered more. Ooh, and then that's a good word. it, thank you. I don't yes. even know what And then as I kept going back, I was like, whoa, literally nothing matters, you know? Um, so I think it kept solidifying when I noticed that things didn't matter at all. And yeah. I, I, I would start to see it. Like mm-hmm. I was a cheerleader too. So the community that I was around <laughs> wasn't the best. Um, some of them were awesome. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But then it was just like hard to relate to people. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, why am I so like, what's happening? Yeah. Why am I different? I think what happened in you, and I saw it in you, and this happens sometimes as students encounter cross-cultural experiences. Mm -hmm. You went to a place where they are physically poor. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't have clean water. Mm -hmm. They don't have it on tap. They don't have clean water. They don't have air conditioning. Mm -hmm. A lot of them don't have what we would even think are like... um, suitable homes for living in. Mm-hmm. They're just like, in some places, shacks and mm-hmm. tin, tin houses with tarps and stuff right. like that. Um, they have a few clothes. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I just remember like when, when the kids would come running to us, we'd pick them up and, you know, give them piggyback rides mm-hmm. and they'd be shouting, you know, like, horse, horse, you know, mm-hmm. trying to, <laughs> goodbye, Joe, <laughs> like trying to get a, um, and you just smell like the, the, the filth. Right. They're not washing their clothes. Like there, there's nothing there's no power in that village. Mm-hmm. And yet, they're worshiping fervently. They're giving thanks to Jesus. Mm-hmm. They're engaged. The, the adults, too. It's not just this you thing. They are physically poor and spiritually rich. Yep. And you begin to look at your American culture and realize, we are physically rich yeah. and yet spiritually poor. Yeah, I felt like, like when I went, be? all of these lenses that I had on, it was like, all of these lenses that separated me from God, God's right here, and all of these things in front of my eyes were separating, oh, separating him, sorry. And when I went, all of those lenses were off, and I was like, I feel so much lighter and so much freer, and I never want to leave. Like, I never want to get off of this filthy ground because I see God. Like, I never want to go back. Like, I will take the non-AC home every day Mm -hmm. because in that home I'm baking 200 cookies for these women who are prostitutes who are then gonna feed their kids. You know, like, you just, it's like, it's, invigorating like I have never experienced fullness like that you know so Tina something that you experienced which I think we can all learn from myself Mm -hmm. included is that when you actually start not just doing the cultural thing Mm -hmm. not just going to church because that's what you're supposed to do in in America southeastern America but when you actually start saying God is real and I'm actually gonna believe that and live that Mm -hmm. all of a sudden faith comes alive And, and I have I mean, so many conversations with students time and time and time again where it's like, I do, I just don't feel God. I'm not growing my faith. Right. I don't sense God. I'm bored with this. I'm tired of this. Whatever the, the reason. And if I just ask you questions like, all right, well, how have you lived it? Have mm-hmm. you shared your faith recently? Are you in the word? Are you depending on him? Like, mm-hmm. no. It, and, and there's a level of comfort in the States that is a deterrent to discipleship. Yeah. But what I'm hearing from you is like when you actually started grasping the reality that God is real and then clinging, desperately clinging to Jesus, I need you. Mm-hmm. And then living that out, mm-hmm. your faith became more alive than ever. Yeah. Like you activated your faith by applying your faith. Yeah. Which is really, really amazing. Yeah. 
And so the last question I, I kind of have for you is, like, you don't live in the Dominican anymore. Mm-hmm. You're back stateside. Mm-hmm. You're rocking the cool, like, thrifty, oversized sweater. And, right. Like, uh, like ripped jeans. And, <laughs> um, why do you still follow Jesus now? Like, it, it's one thing to say, man, in that moment, I just helped mm-hmm. this little boy and his sister get their legs healed. Like, it's one thing to be in that moment. Right. But why now? Like, mm-hmm. why do you still follow Jesus? Because mm-hmm. it's not always going to be right. that amazing and that exciting and that right. miraculous. There's going to be some mundane times in the faith. Totally. Just like normal days where you wake up and you go to bed and you think, hmm, did I heal someone's legs today? No. Like, and that's okay. Yeah. So why do you still follow Jesus today? Um, last summer, I mean, I go through such... Like, the enemy really is so real, guys. Like, a kid can walk, and I still, last summer, called Matt. I don't know if you remember. I was in California, and I was like... Oh, I remember. I was like... You're at a restaurant. Matt. Mm -hmm. And I walked outside, and I was just crying, and I was like, I just don't know. I just don't know if God is real. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. And he was like, just recite back your story. So you doubted? Hold on. Hold on. Because this is wild. It's almost like I've taught on this a few times in a recent series about doubt. So you doubted even after yeah. some amazing experiences. Right. You, then you sunk into some doubts. Right. In right. Your faith. Yeah. Like I was just, I mean, it was crazy. Like the enemy was like, well, you know, what if they really did just put in the AP credits wrong? What if, what if those women were just kind women? What if like, what if they were just going to move to Hatabakoa anyways? Like, wh- what if it's just a coincidence, Christina? Which is a 0.00001% chance, and still I can sit there and be like, maybe it is coincidence. Maybe it is. I don't know. And I call it Matt, and I'm like, I just don't know. I don't know. And when I recite the story, and, like, and I get so excited about God, and, like, even here, like, he'll utilize me knowing Spanish here in the States. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Or God will be like, Christina, like I can't forget that God also moves here. You know, like I can't forget that God can ask me to go heal a little boy here. Like it just doesn't always happen overseas too. So keeping it here honestly has been harder than keeping it over there. Um, Cause it does get very mundane and People do want you to become rich and have a big home with normal family things. And so it can get scary here, honestly, for me. But I have to be like, no, I know that I know that God exists. And if God exists, I know that I have greater purpose. And I know that I should look different. And I know what he's done. But I do, I, I do, I like will go through those spouts where I'm like, what if that was coincidence? Mm-hmm. And when I say the story, I'm like, are you crazy? You know, yeah. but. So yeah. if I'm hearing you right, in the midst of your doubts, mm-hmm. you fell back on what you knew to be true mm-hmm. in clarity, in moments of clarity. Mm-hmm. In other words, like don't doubt in the darkness what you knew to be true in the light type right. thing. So, uh, <laughs> so you fell back on what you knew to be true when it was clear. Mm-hmm. And then you called mentors, you asked for help, you, you right. sought out right. wisdom in those moments. Right. I think it's great practices. 
yeah. for us. Yeah. So and I would say the opposite of faith is not doubts. The opposite of faith is certainty. Matt said like the faith, best thing. Yes, yes, yes. You're so right. Allows room for yep. questions. Like, man, is it like ah? Yeah. And we see that all through the Bible. Mm-hmm. Elijah just defeats 850 prophets, right. and fire from heaven falls down, and then sinks into a deep depression. And he's like, yeah. God, just take my life. I'm done. Like he, like, dude, what in the world? Like, mm-hmm. but that is sometimes the rhythm of life. Great victories are followed by great depths of mm-hmm. despair. So. Yeah, I was like. I was like so sad that I was going through that. Like I felt like I was hurting God so much Mm. for feeling those things. And Matt was like, Christina, some of the most incredible leaders that I know have literally walked through the worst fires and come out with, you know, thorns in their sides and Mm -hmm. they're hurt and have their limp, you know? Yeah. But like, that's what probably makes them a great leader. So I was like, okay, like I'm allowed to feel these things. Even when I feel like I shouldn't because I've seen too much to feel these things, he still loves it, you know? Well, Tina, thank you so much for your story. I'm inspired by you. I'm, I've learned from you, and I'm so proud of you, sis. So thank you so much, guys. Can we give it up for Christina? Ooh, um, You're awesome. You too. All right, let me pray for you guys. I'm going to send you on your way. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for Christina and her story, which is really a part of your story. And we thank you for using this passionate teenage girl to change the lives of not just Randy and his sister, but but pretty much everyone who crosses her path, including mine. And uh, Father, we were so thankful to sit and listen to how you've used her and and, um, impacted her and walked with her so that she can then impact us with that story. We love you, Father. We pray you would bless Christina, bless all of us, help us. Follow and cling to you, Jesus, and not just be this cultural thing, but actually live this out as we have this brief moment uh, on this planet before we spend eternity with you. So, Father, we love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.